Hey coach, Xenia Wood here, owner and founder of Swift Coaches and Swift Movement Academy. Our vision is to live in a world where health business owners turn their passions into profits and create financial freedom guilt-free. And for all of those exercise and rehab professionals to finally feel confident as fuck in their technical skills, and we never again see another coach leave the industry because of it. What you're about to hear is a bite-sized jam-packed version of one of our episodes. So if you're looking to learn swiftly, this mini episode is for you. Let's dive straight in. I think people would love to know what, how did, how have they developed and what, what does that mean for you and, and why, why even do partnerships? Why not just you do you, head down, bum up, AA, and just go forward with that as, as a solo thing? There's probably a couple of elements. I'll list them out first and then we can maybe tick them off one by one and expand on it. The first is that I think it's natural, normal, and okay um, for a founder's interest to change, um, for a founder's interest to evolve over time. I was deeply and personally passionate about athletic development because, you know, cycling and whatnot that I've done. Um, I was a failed baseballer prior to that. Um, I was deeply passionate about athletic development, but that passion has changed over time. Um, and not only would it have felt incongruent just to stay in that space personally in terms of how to make my personal contribution, um, but it also would have felt like I wouldn't be serving because I, I feel like if you if your passions change and you can serve a new audience, uh, the only person that you're hurting if you don't serve them is, is the people you say you care about is that new audience. So uh, that's the first element is what I cared about changed, who I cared about changed, and that's not to say I don't care about athlete development, but essentially what has happened is my team now cares more about athlete development than I do personally about athlete development. The brand still cares. The vision is still to be pioneers in athlete development. None of that changes. The mission hasn't changed, but the people who deliver that um, has changed as I, as my interests have moved on. And I think that's the first thing. You need to honor that because you, it's, it's torture if you don't. And you can self-sabotage your own business because, I mean, that's kind of what I'm, you know, working through as well, right? Like we've spoken about this before with um, the the rehab that we do and it's like I still love that Swift can support and help people through their rehab but I am more passionate about helping coaches to do that. So I'm just one further step removed from being in the trenches one-on-one with people now and it's like how can I help more people and kind of I guess the 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 new level of the ascension is now I can help people who are helping the people on the ground and bring them up and you know it's you know I guess the, the legacy or the the growth pathway yeah you could think of it let's say you could personally influence and change 30 people's lives at any one time as a coach you've now identified that if you change 30 coaches' lives, you change 30 people's lives, you've actually changed 900 people's lives. Yeah. And, and so that's okay. You, we, shouldn't, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be upset at ourselves or get angry at ourselves for a natural evolution that is, that is always going to occur in business. Um, and, and if it's okay for the, the biggest business owners in the world to develop new products to pursue new initiatives to look at jvs and and partnerships to create different arms of their business why would it not be okay for us so that that's maybe the the first element um is you know on a on a, your own passions the second um 
element is when what you often find is when you position yourself as as a leader in one industry, um, you open up natural synergies in tangential industries. And you know, there's an obvious example we can talk about here. We through trial and error, error through Lockheed's incredible systems mind, which you know very few people have. He's been been able to build this incredible system for athlete development that a lot of people wanted to understand, potentially model and emulate. We we did that in our own business first. We did what probably at the time was a pretty rare feat to to create a profitable gym business from athlete development alone. Typically, it's always required boot camps on the side or general pops training on the side or something that like underpinned it. That was the cash cow, and you know, training athletes was the passion project. Yeah, that was the star. Um, we were able to actually find a way to make the the athlete development solely profitable. And so that system became of interest to people. So we had IP that we realized we could license in the way of sales of products and education products. And so a natural synergy evolved as we observe and look for op- opportunities. And so that was the next element. There was an opportunity to continue to serve a market in a, in a new way. Um, you can always think of it as, you know, in your industry, you have people look down on you. There are people who look at you and the people who look up to you. And we realize that there are people who look up to us that we're not serving simply because we hadn't created an opportunity to do so. So mm-hmm. we launched systems that allowed that to happen. Um, and so then, well, what was the derivation of that or what came as a result of that? Well, then we're like, you know, we looked at the PT industry and it was like, well, we can probably serve that community and serve that interests, And so you get this kind of momentum, this flow on effect, and you end up exposing yourself to new markets as, as, and as for as long as you keep a problem solution oriented mind, identify problems, look for the opportunities. How can you serve the mm-hmm. people that, and that's how we're, that's how I've ended here. Yeah. I actually think it's crazy how many 20 to 30 year olds highest priority is investing in a house. As opposed to investing in themselves, like those are the years where every dollar that you make should be in leveling up yourself because then what's your impact to be able to earn more and create better relationships that lead to better opportunities and, you know, do things that you can actually take on. And the sooner you do that, the longer you have the opportunity to implement the shit. So, I mean, you know, one of the, I think it's just, the thing you do is go and get a house. And that's that's what I did at, at 27 um, because I was like, you know, working my butt off and stayed at home till 25 and then lived in a seven-person share house um, for like two years. And that's when we met um, when I was when I was in my share house um, because my intention was to, to purchase a house. And, and reflecting back on that now, it's like, what if I'd put an extra $100,000 into my business in terms of, me in terms of resources in terms of could i have hired my business manager a year earlier and be a year ahead you know like i mean hindsight's everything but being able to learn from from others and through mentorship is where i think you know i've learned a lot of these concepts and principles and it's just getting in rooms where i've felt uncomfortably uh shitter that shitter than everyone else like I remember the first room when I when I was in with you I was the littlest fish in that pond 
And I was like, oh, I have 17 clients. And you were like working with gym owners with staff. And I was like, That's, what the fuck? I don't even know if I should be here. Like I was that, it was that kind of feeling for me of like, I know I need help. And I know that I need to be in a room where I feel uncomfortable because I was working as a subcontractor and got to a point where I was kind of like one of the big fish and it was cruisy and it was cushy and kind of like you were um, you know, at fitness first, right? Like you got cushy and you're like, okay, I need to find a, a bigger pond. And obviously for you, that was just stepping out and doing it on your own. Um, I'm saying I couldn't agree more. Because the one thing that a house will never help you make more of is your own ability to make money. The house will make you money, but you invest in a house doesn't help you make more money. And that's the difference. You know, so then it's a better of what's going to make me more money over a time horizon. Um, if let's say a house doubles in value every 10 years, which is let's just call that true and you invest $400,000 in a house over a 10-year period, you've netted $400,000 bet equity, right? Um, over the 10 years, if you took that $40,000 and invested in yourself and then continue to invest in yourself, what could you generate in revenue in 10 years' time if you did the same? And what we often find is, and you know, w- without pumping tires per se, I can be so valuable now for businesses in terms of the revenue I can create and generate um, because I made sure that optimization myself was what I focused on when I was young. I'm 32 now. Um, you know, I can yield quite easily. Like I yield over 150 grand from writing a newsletter once a month. Like that's more than most salaries. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's these are all decisions that people make and everyone has different risk profiles. I totally get that. But you certainly should consider what an investment looks like in yourself versus just blindly putting it in in one of the more traditional avenues for sure. And especially if you own a business. Like if you're a business, like that is <laughs> that should be the last way. Like I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I pull out my equity and put it back into my business. Like those are the thoughts that are going through my head right now. He got to the point where he believed and with a high level of conviction that his team could execute the system as well as he did. And once you've got confidence and conviction, that gives you permission. And the permission was then to, well, cool, I'm going to let someone else do it. It's not going to be perfect. I'm sure there's going to be hiccups. I know there will be problems. You know, nothing ever, you know, a plan is fine until you get punched in the face and that that's the real world. But I've, I at least believe in the system. I believe in the robust in the system. I believe in the people I've taught it to. So that happens at a really micro scale early on. You know, that's how that looks is your Lockie's on the floor with others on the floor. Then it looks like Lockie's, you know, less on the floor and really giving that permission for the other coaches to, to level up. Then it's Lockie's not on the floor at all, but he still takes the PD. That's Lockie's not even doing PD because someone else is doing the PD. And you slowly phase yourself out to the point where the system is stronger than you. And that is true because there's no way that Lockie could program for 320 athletes. So the, the system became stronger than him. And that's that's when you know you can scale is uh, the system becomes more powerful than the labor. Um, and that's where probably most business owners are battling is that their labor is more is stronger and more robust than their system. Or they don't even have a system, which is what I'm noticing, right? Like, and they don't know how to articulate that. Or PD is, oh, well, this is what I do, um, which we find a lot of the time, right? Or scaling, scaling to them is, yeah, it's just kind of 
word vomiting everything that you kind of know without giving anyone a, a framework to follow. Yeah. Um, and you then also need to give them permission to follow it in a way that allows them to develop autonomy over time. Um, if, if you never create that um, opportunity for them to develop autonomy, they'll never really understand the system. The system will always fall apart. Um, like imagine if the, the owner of Toyota was watching every uh, builder of the Toyota car on the assembly line one by one, like micromanaging, that just wouldn't work. Like at some point, the system needs to be more powerful than the labor that created the system. Um, and that's always now been in our philosophy in terms of how we deploy every part of scaling in our businesses, get the get to the point where the system's stronger than the labor that built it. Mm. And just a reminder, our biz webinar on creating high consistent income with your very own irresistible offer is coming up really quickly. It is the 20th of July, and it is a three powerful hour webinar. If you want to join in and see what it's all about behind the scenes, then register for that. Link is in the show notes for you. Did you find something valuable in this episode? If so, I'd like to ask a tiny favor. If you have 30 seconds now, I'd love you to follow or share the podcast. That way, we can continue to bring you more real, raw, and uncensored stories from industry leaders. We also love hearing from you and what you loved about every episode. The best way to reach out is to DM me personally on Instagram at Swift Coaches Academy. Until next time, and in whatever you do, move swiftly.